We have any podcast fans in the house? Yeah, there's a few. Man, that's all that listens to podcasts? Y'all, let me encourage you. Go listen to, there's everything on podcasts out there. There's leadership material. There's preaching material. There, 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 there's, there's encouraging stuff out there. There's all kinds of things you can do. And, and every day we want to be growers. We want to continue to grow, continue to be better. So listen to a podcast, not just binge on TV shows. <laughs> I, uh, I had a, a proud father moment. My, 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 my oldest son texted me one day. He said, dad, what podcast do you listen to? What preaching do you listen to? And I said, yes, finally, I did something right. <laughs> As a parent, you're, you're, you're the hardest on yourself. And, 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 I, and I said, well, I like this and this. And, and one of my favorites, he's like, yeah, I really can't get into that. Then he shot me down like, oh, you're killing me. But he's listening to podcasts. Podcasts will help you grow. Leadership podcasts will help you be a better leader. Whatever you need, it's out there on podcasts. But I was listening to this podcast. And the guy, he made this statement. One of the most constant things in life is nothing stays the same and everything changes. And when I first caught it, I'm like, hold on. That don't make sense. And then I'm like, wait a minute. I'm listening to his podcast. He's not listening to mine. I better listen to what he's trying to say. But that is so true. One of the most consistent things, one of the, one of the most constant things that does not change is everything is always changing every single day. Constant, occurring continuously over a period of time. A situation that does not change. In science, some of the most recognized, stay with me, we're going somewhere. Constants are the speed of light, the gravitational Pull. Friday night, I, I had my grandson, and I keep him every Friday night. I get to play papa duties Friday into Saturday, and I love it. And, and we just gave him a bath, and we, we just got his jammies on, getting ready for the night. And, and, and I think my wife went inside to cook dinner, I think, or something. It was a late dinner. And, and, I, and, and me and my brother-in-law were, were outside, and, and we were watching Ezra pick rocks up and throw them in the air, and this dust would just fall all over him. I'm like, Oh, another bath. Here it comes. But the reality was every time the gravitational pull was coming back down, those rocks were not going to be thrown up and float away. The only time gravitational pull is not going to happen is the day Jesus calls us home and we're taking a step here on earth. And before long, we're floating to a new heaven. Woo, glory to the name of Jesus. But the gravitational, it's a constant. It is not changing. It is not going anywhere. The boiling point of water. This is science. Y'all stay with me. Some of you guys love this. Some of you are like, you're really boring, dude. Let's move on. The boiling point of water. It's going to be 212 every time, right? There's some consistent things in science that do not change. In our faith, what is the most consistent thing we have? Jesus Christ is the most consistent thing we have in our lives. Hebrews 13 and 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is not changing. It doesn't matter if you are facing that mountain or you are on a mountaintop yourself. Jesus is not changing. He is consistent in our life. If you are going through the biggest trial of your life, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you are on a mountaintop and life is 
perfect. Please come talk to me and rub some of that off on me. But then it doesn't matter. Jesus is still the same. Jesus Christ is a constant in our life. He is abiding. He is never ending. He is persevering. Veering. He is unwavering and he is eternal. If you're thankful that we get to know Jesus Christ, would you put your hands together and let him know I thank you, Jesus. You're the most constant thing in my life. I know I'm nothing without you. In mathematics, in mathematics, which I was never good at because I never went to school. I didn't. I was terrible. I was that C student, just enough to get by so I didn't have to go to school. <laughs> terrible idea, y'all. Don't be that way. Be the best you can be at school. The number of days in a week is a constant. Seven days every week. The number of hours in a day is a constant. Every one of us here today, we get the same 24 hours every single day. Take a moment and think about the most successful person you know that you've ever met, that you've ever read about, that you've ever heard about. He gets the same 24 hours in a day that you and I get. At times that can be sobering. I believe the difference between a successful person and a maybe not so successful person is the understanding of the value of those 24 hours, the value of today. So for the next few moments, with the help of God, I want to minister to us on this, the value of today. Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Jesus makes this statement shortly after giving us the Beatitudes, this mapping of how to live our lives, things we are to strive for. This statement he makes about seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, he's dealing with worry at this very moment. You see, he had just called his disciples and he's just making a stir with the people of the day. He's, he, he's changing their thinking. He, he's getting under their skin a little bit. And these disciples, they're struggling with worry. They, some of them have left lucrative jobs. Some of them gave up everything they've known to come follow Christ. Some of them are, are, are walking away from families to come follow Christ. Things are not the same as they used to be. And the apostles, they're worried. They're stressing out. Today we call it anxiety. And Jesus makes this statement. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added unto you. These apostles, they begin to walk away from a certainty, from a, a familiarity, to walk by faith in the unknown only knowing that they were called by God. Only knowing that they came in contact to this miraculous, miracle worker. So they're dealing with worry. You see, Jesus understood that it is human nature to pursue meeting our everyday needs. That's, that's just in our nature, right? We... we 
We don't want to want for nothing. We don't want to have to worry about where our next meal is coming from. We want a lot of money in the bank, right? That's the human nature. And then Jesus also understood that at times we will, we will focus so much on meeting the physical needs of the day that we'll just kind of wait on God to do his thing, right? And he was addressing this with the disciples that day when he was saying, guys, we got it wrong. We got this thing backwards. We're so focused on the worry of where our next meal is coming from. What are we going to do now that we walked away from our jobs? How are we going to live? How are we going to survive? And Jesus is saying, just stop. Take a moment. Take a breath. Don't you know who I am? Don't you know the power that resides within me? And he began to teach them, if you would do this first, I will take care of this next. But he said, you have to begin to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If we will do that, if the disciples will do that, then Jesus will take care of everything else. We cannot get it wrong today. So you, you question, why in the world is there so much worry in our life today? Why is there so much anxiety in today. And I believe we find it in Matthew 6, 34, when it says, so don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's troubles enough for today. We get so caught up in the tomorrow. We get so caught up in trying to fix next week. We get so caught up in trying to put these pieces back together over the next months that we miss out on the value of today. Jesus was letting them know, look, let's just get today right. Let's focus on today. Let's align ourselves with, with the will of God today. And tomorrow, there will be worries for tomorrow. Next week, there'll be struggles for next week. But I've given you the power for today. The value of today is we must get it right today. The purpose of today, Jesus said, is to seek the kingdom of God. The purpose of today, to seek the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus said. That's what Jesus taught. That was in his word. The kingdom of God is not a physical kingdom. We must understand that. It is a transformation of a heart and mind. A way of believing and living in preparation for eternity. The kingdom of God. We are to seek a transformation of heart and a way of living. If you are a believer of Jesus Christ, then you are no longer a citizen of this world. You are a citizen of heaven. And I thank Jesus that we get an opportunity to be a citizen of heaven. The kingdom of God refers to God's reign on earth and consequently in our hearts. God has got to reign in our hearts. I've heard it said like this before. If he can't tell us no, we can't call him Lord. Mm. The, in his kingdom, the first shall be last. The persecuted are blessed. We look out for our neighbor and we rejoice when the lost are found seeking the kingdom of God. His kingdom will come for you and I when each of us bow our knees and confess that he 
is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in our life. Not only must we confess, but then we must live as loyal citizens to the kingdom of Jesus Christ. While Jesus was on this earth, he spent the majority, a lot of his teaching on the kingdom of God. The phrase kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom, just in the gospels is mentioned 90 times. There's something Jesus was trying to drive home to the disciples, to those that were trying to follow him is let's just get it right. We have one job to do today. That is to seek the kingdom of God. Begin to let God transform your life, your heart, your mindset, your habits, your everything you are. Transform me today. Seek the kingdom of God. The book of Acts is filled with accounts, the works of the kingdom of God. Jesus taught the kingdom of God as a new way of living and thinking. The first time, if you remember, you come in contact to this new way of life. It just, at times you're like, come on, you people's crazy. You remember being there? You're like, how many times do you go to church? You don't do that. You don't do that. Right? Because it, it's, it's a change. When you begin to seek the kingdom of God, it, it's, it's a change of your mindset. But the greatness is, is Jesus will take care of that for you. It's like you don't even try. You just begin to seek God and God, I want to be pleasing to you. I, I, want, I want to do what you need me to do. And all of a sudden, you just wake up a day and you're like, wait a minute. I don't even think that way no more. I enjoy going to church. Imagine that. I get blessed every time I go to church. When is the next time I get church? When are the doors going to be open? I need to get to church. It's just a change of mind. Every day, the value of today. Then he said to seek righteousness. Righteousness is a quality of being right, not in our own eyes, but in the eyes of of the Lord. This area would include our character, our nature. Someone would say it like this. It's who you are when no one's around your character and your conscience, your attitude. When your boss just chewed you out, told you how excellent of an employee you are. What's your attitude on that day? Righteousness, the quality of being right in the eyes of the Lord and your conduct, your actions. Righteousness, being right in the eyes of the Lord. In your command, in your word, is your word true? Tell somebody, I'm going to be there to help you. You're going to be there? Are you honest? Can someone take you at your word? Or you say something, people say, uh, we'll see. He's pretty shady. <laughs> being right in the eyes of God in every area of our life. Righteousness is a God-centered attribute. Attribute. No man can attain it through his own efforts apart from God's ordinance. In other words, God allowing us to. We can try and we can strive, but it, it comes from God. God allows us to be righteous. We humans are inclined to follow our own paths and use our own ways instead of God's. That's what we do, right? We want to fix everything. We are fixers, right? What happens when we try to fix situations in our life? Most of the time, we make them worse. <laughs> Oh, we do. I, I, I could sit here and tell you story after story of trying to fix 
situations and I've only made them worse to have to circle all the way back around to the beginning. Repent, apologize, and try it again. But it's our nature. And the amazing thing is God knows. He knows our nature. He knows we're fixers. Right? Most of us guys, our car breaks down, right? We think we can fix it. See, it's not fair nowadays because we can go to YouTube and we can fix anything. But back in the day, Brother Lindsay, you had no YouTube. We had to get in there and try this and try that. I remember uh, his name was Brother Samuelson. He was an associate pastor at the old church. They, they said he could, we used to run multiple buses and they would break down every week, high quality vehicles there. And they said he could fix anything with just a hammer and a screwdriver. They said he'd tap this, move this, loosen this, and it just seemed to fix it. We're fixers. It's our nature. But Jesus is saying, look, you're going to have to learn to trust me. Seek righteousness and let me fix your life. Well, I need you to be pleasing to me in my eyes, not our own. But we will always need the discipline to remain faithful in the path to God. We will need discipline to be faithful in our path. I believe Omar said it today. He had to get a second job and then he had to get disciplined. What he didn't tell you is he had to quit buying Jordans. That's what he had. That's what he should have told you. <laughs> I got the mic now. Micah six and eight. He has shown you, oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? If we're going to seek righteousness, we must do what is morally right. We must give and receive mercy. We must give and receive mercy. Sometimes for us, we want to, we're, we're okay with, 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 with giving mercy, but we struggle with receiving mercy. We call that pride. And we must walk humbly with God. If we're going to seek righteousness, we must live morally right and we must give and receive mercy and we must humbly walk with God. Isaiah 32 and 17. The work of righteousness will be peace and the effort of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. Thank you, Jesus. With all the chaos in our world, aren't you thankful for a little bit of peace and quiet? Amen. I remember as a youth leader, we would do all-nighters at the church. How crazy was that? In the chaos that went on, and I wanted to be in bed at 9 o'clock at night, not 6 o'clock the next morning. And I could not wait to get the last... There was always that one parent. Oh, if you're that parent, I love you today. I probably did not like you back then. You've been up all night with these kids. They've drove you crazy all night long because they're like the Energizer buzzy. They just don't lose energy. In your longing, six o'clock's here. I just want them to go. I want it to be quiet. I want some peace in my life. 
And that one parent, 6.30 rolls around. They're still not there. 7 o'clock rolls around. You've called them four times. They still didn't answer. Finally, you say, you know what? Before I kill you, I'm going to take you home because your parents didn't wake up. The peace and the quiet. The work of righteousness will bring peace just like that. Thank you, Jesus. And all of our youth leaders are laughing, saying, yeah. They're there right now. Don't be that parent, y'all. I can say that now. <laughs> this is why Jesus taught his disciples to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. When our world is falling apart, when, when there's nothing but chaos in our lives, and when the worry begin, begins to overwhelm us, righteousness will be that peace and that quiet. It's going to calm the storm. But you're never going to have peace and calm if we never pursue righteousness. Scripture doesn't say pursue peace. It says pursue righteousness and let the inner peace of Christ through you calm everything around you. You see, the power of today, we're talking about the value of today. We talked about the purpose of today. Let's take a few minutes to talk about the power of today. When we understand the value of today, we will focus each day on seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. When we get this right, we are going to activate the power of today. The power of today is the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. In 1 John 2, 29, it says this. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. Righteousness is a life lived under the control and influence of God's spirit living in us. The spirit of God within you empowers you to live a righteous and holy life. That is why we must seek for righteousness. We must seek the kingdom of God because it just happens. God begins to change you and deal with your thinking and deal with your habits and, and, and deal with your life. And all of a sudden, whoa, you begin to pray one day and you begin to say words that you've never been taught and you do not know. And that's the infilling of the Holy Ghost. That's the power that comes from the value of today. But it comes when we begin to seek the kingdom of God, when we begin to seek the righteousness of God. I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful for the power that it operates in my life. If you do not have the Holy Ghost, I encourage you, seek righteousness and let the Holy Ghost infill you. God's spirit living in you. When you, we come into this place week after week and, and you, sometimes it feels like goosebumps. Sometimes it feels like this warm feeling. It's the Holy Ghost. I, I said this on Wednesday when I was talking with someone and and, and I said, hey, you got the Holy Ghost. They said, yes, it was the most amazing thing I have ever experienced. And no matter how much we try to explain it to you, it's your personal experience. I can only do so much. You need to try it for yourself. The power of today is the Holy Ghost. God's spirit live in each and, in each and every one of us. You see, the power of today is that his mercies are new 
every day. Lamentation 3, 22 and 23. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his promises fail not. His promises fail not. If God has given you a promise, let me encourage you, hang on to your promises. His promises fail not. It may not come when you want it. It may, it may not come tomorrow, but just hang on to it. I had promises come to pass that were 20 years later, but they came to pass. Why? Because I would not let go of something. Glory. One of the most powerful things about the value today is that Jesus is not a one and done kind of God. He doesn't expect us to get it right every single day. When, when I, I, I've, I've read this scripture so many times and I've never read it this way. I, I, I never, it never spoke to me this way until two weeks ago. I'm sitting at my, my table. And it's, it's the fact that it's an everyday thing. It, it's not something that we're trying to get right 20 years from now. I, I wish I would have caught this as a young person. So young people hear me. This, this, this value of today, this purpose for today. It's not something that you're trying to achieve when you get 25 years old and you think you got it all together. If you're waiting on that, it's probably not going to come. This, this power, this purpose is every single day. And if you don't get it right today, guess what? The mercy of God is new in the morning. And we'll get, a, get up out of the bed and we'll get to start tomorrow seeking the kingdom of God and seeking the righteousness of God. And his mercies are new again tomorrow. And the power of the Holy Ghost is alive again tomorrow. It's not something we have to get right And I every single day. And I thank God for that because none of us would be here today if we had to get it right every single day. There's not a one of us good enough. There's not a one of us faithful enough. There's not a one of us holy enough to get it right every single day. But the value of today is we get 24 hours. And if it doesn't quite work out, we get 24 hours to do it again. Don't get caught up in this long-term goal. Don't get caught up when I'm 30, when I've got it all together, when my house is paid off, when my cars are paid off, when I've walked holy for the six months. No, it's a day-to-day -day revelation. Seek the kingdom of God today. Get it right today. Let the power of God change you today. And if you're like me and you wake up on the wrong side of the bed at times and you're a failure all day, don't get discouraged and give up. Just get back up. It's Micah 7 and 8, rejoice not against me, all my enemies. When I fall, I will arise. The power of today is Jesus Christ is not going to kick you when you're down. He gives you another 24 hours to get yourself up and try again tomorrow. The mercies of God are new every single day.
but don't focus on tomorrow. Tomorrow's worries will be there tomorrow. God has given you enough for this day. So just focus on this day. And then the promise of today. You see, when we get the purpose of today right, when we get the power today right, naturally we're going to tap into the promise of today. There's a promise gave, that God gave to whosoever will, to anybody that would repent of their sins, be baptized in Jesus' name. You will be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is a promise God will never take away. That is a promise that is new every single day. That is a promise that God don't just dangle over you, like, ooh, come and get it. That's straight up the real deal. When you repent of your sins and you're truly willing to change, Brother Brogges, I think, taught it last week. What a great message. When you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, just like we're fixing to do to somebody today, and when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, God's Spirit, how amazing is that? That this perfect one, this one who knows no sin, this one who's never made a mistake, this one who's never lost a battle, this Jesus who's never had to deal with worry, fear, or anxiety, he will put his spirit in the hearts of a bunch of flawed people. How amazing is that? She's thankful for the promise of the Holy Ghost. Put your hands together. <laughs> Lift your voice, Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for the promise of the Holy Ghost. Then he says this in Matthew 6, 33. All these things will be added unto you. Philippians 4, 19. And my God and your God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. My God and your God will supply every one of your needs. Don't get it wrong. He didn't say wants. Y'all, I want a new boat. I ain't gonna wake up tomorrow, there ain't gonna be a new boat in my driveway. Jesus ain't gonna drop on there. If y'all wanna bless me with one, take up a collection, I'll take it. But God says, if you can just seek the kingdom of God, if you can just seek his righteousness, if you will understand the value of today. If you'll understand that there's purpose for every one of us. There's power for every one of us. Know this, there is a promise for every one of us. He says, I'll supply all your needs. Please don't try to fix it. Please don't waste all your energy 
an effort on fixing the needs that you're facing? I'm not saying don't be a better person. I'm not saying don't try. I'm not saying that you can't bite your tongue, that you just shout off whatever you're thinking. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying, quit trying to fix everything without seeking God first. He says, if you'll just seek me, if you'll just seek righteousness, if you'll let the Holy Ghost that is is inside you activate in your life, I'll take care of everything else. Does that mean we'll never have trials or struggles? Absolutely not. That would be crazy to think that because we live for God, that life's perfect. It's just not. You know, I wish we could sit up here and give testimony of the, of, of the, the lives that we come out of. You know what I mean? Sometimes it looks like Man, they, they, they must have had everything going on. We don't. Pastor don't. I don't. Brother Rogers don't. We, we don't have it all figured out. I, I, I should be fourth generation alcoholic. That's who I should be. Grandpa drank himself to death. My dad was on his way till prison saved him. And then a rehab. My sister drank herself to death at 34. It's just life. It happens. It's not perfect for any one of us. And I could give testimony after testimony of people that it's, it's just life. We don't have all the answers. But I know this. I'm nothing without him. I know what I should be. I know what I should be. But one day, someone knocked on my mama's door and said, can I take your kids to church? My daddy was hiding his drugs under the couch, pushing his beer cans. But she sent us to church. She was Catholic, this is crazy. I'm not doing that, but I'll send my kids. Maybe it's a free babysitter. And all of a sudden she said, I gotta go check out. Well, my kids are going. And today at an altar, God filled her with the Holy Ghost. She went 20 years, 20 years with an alcoholic daddy. I'm not talking your average alcoholic. I'm talking bender kind of alcoholic he'd leave on a Thursday once he got his paycheck he'd come back next Wednesday with all his money gone she would sell jewelry to try to feed us it's a life we come out of I look at Omar he don't got a parent in church he came on the bus just like me his sister seventh grade so shy I was a youth pastor at that time wouldn't talk she told me later that if you wouldn't have kept coming to me week after week just asking me how I'm doing 
She said, I was already contemplating suicide at seventh grade. She said, but you would not stop. You would not stop asking me how I'm doing. I say this to tell you, look. Jesus got a hold of my heart. He taught me to seek the kingdom of God. He taught me to seek his righteousness. And one day I did what my mama did. I gave my life to Christ at an altar. And then one day I was able to pray with Omar to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And one day I was able to pray with his sister to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Tapping into the power of today has the ability to change someone's eternity. Would you stand with me right now? Tapping into the power of today has the ability to alter someone's destination. So I encourage you. Don't get so caught up in the trials of life. Seek the kingdom of God. Seek a transformation of your heart. Seek the righteousness of God. A way that's pleasing and approved of God. And then the promise, my God will take care of your needs. It doesn't say that he's going to erase them. It just says he'll take care of them. In other words, he'll hold your hand to get you through them. Would you join me around this altar? value of today is we have today to get it right. We get 24 hours today to get it right. I'm asking you to begin to let God minister to your heart. I truly believe, I truly believe today that God wants to fill someone with the Holy Ghost. If you would be willing to surrender and make a consecration that you will seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I truly believe today that God's going to speak to someone's heart and someone else will want to be baptized today. Would you pray with me as they are going to get ready to sing? Pray and just, just recommit your life to Christ. For the next few moments, lay aside everything that's going on. The chaos in your, just, just forget about it just for a few moments and focus all your attention, energy, energy, and thought process to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and let him bless you today. Would you lift your voice, lift your hands and pray with me? Jesus, I love you. I thank you. 